0: You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. On today's episode, the team talks about the topic of spiritual maturity. We discuss it from the perspective of the individual follower of Jesus, as well as the importance of cultivating a culture of spiritual maturity inside of churches and the larger body of Christ. We share some of our individual testimonies of growth and maturity in our faith, as well as some of the practices and and the ways that Jesus has led us to deeper intimacy and maturity in him. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and I am sitting here with a great group of people. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Emma Winchester.
1: Matt Reynolds. Tony Meltenberger.
0: That's the opposite order that we We normally do.
2: Mixed mixed it up. I know. It's been a while since we've had the band together, though. It's it's true. It's good. It's good. I'm glad to be here today.
0: Glad to have you here.
2: You're looking good today, Tony. Well, I've been playing an immense amount of pickleball. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows how important it is to building an intentional relationship if they subscribe to our (laughs) Substack.
0: Great plug. Oh, man. Yeah. If you are a regular reader of our Substack, then you will notice that there's a, a definite pickleball theme happening or maybe just one Substack stack ep- article but. i'm
1: planning to always include pickleball in my writing from now on no matter what
2: well that seems rather immature of you <laughs> <laughs>
0: and as the king of segues uh tony has led us into what we're talking about today we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual maturity what that is what it isn't and maybe some things in between and um yeah. So why is this an important thing to talk about?
1: I think uh, one reason is right now, I mean, the church is kind of at a reckoning moment. And we are um, we see all kinds of signs of spiritual immaturity, I think, all around us, a.k.a. social media. Hmm. Uh, it's just... I, I'm constantly left with kind of a puzzling feeling when I so many people who apply the label Christian to their lives um, carry themselves both just in person and online in ways that just don't seem to reflect the nature, or character of Christ. And so it to me, it's an important topic because it feels like we have a spiritual maturity crisis. In the American church.
0: Yeah. And go ahead, Tony.
2: Well, I was going to say this. Is it far too often we run into leaders who are trying to surround themselves with leaders who are mature in age, but not as mature in spirituality as is needed to run, help lead the church. Mm. So here's a great example. Sometimes as pastors and church leaders, we put a whole bunch of people on our board who are very generous and who have been around for a long time but they may lack spiritual maturity. And so when we wonder why our church is spiritually immature, it's because our leadership is spiritually immature. And so now we're not saying that this is a negative or a positive thing. What we are pushing for is that this is an identity um, or something that we just need to pay attention to as leaders as we think about who we're surrounding ourselves to and what goals we have for the nature of our church.
0: Right. And I, I think that that's um, a, a good thing to do right now is to one, define some terms. And also, Tony, I'm glad that you said, we're not saying this is good or bad. Maturing is by definition, a process. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a part of every human developmental process. We can mature mentally, emotionally, physically. So um, the, the, bad version of spiritual immaturity is when we stay immature when we should be right on purpose right i'm doing that on purpose <laughs> or or out of ignorance you know right. so sometimes it happens that way so so that's great so just want to throw that out there right away it's we're not we're not trying to be judgy or or um
2: Con- condemning it yeah
0: we're not condemning anyone but we definitely want to as matt said I think very accurately we want to be honest about this sort of crisis of spiritual maturity depth things like that
1: and I think we we need to we have to have clear ideas around these things if we you know our ministry talks a lot about disciple making um, you know fruitful ministry in church all that kind of stuff if you don't have an idea of what real spiritual maturity looks like it's awfully hard to like know how to get there You know, because we um, sometimes in the church, we we measure all kinds of things. And I'm not sure we actually are measuring things that give us a real sense of whether people are growing into maturity, even though clearly when you read, uh, you know, Paul's epistles, for example, becoming mature in Christ is, in fact, something that's intended for us as Christians.
2: I think one of the things that's really interesting about this idea is that um, it really butts up against consumerism in the church. Mm. And so if we want to be owners of the faith, then we are therefore responsible and taking part in our maturity in the process. Paul does a great job of talking about this in Hebrews chapter five. I'm at verse 13. He says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use, listen to that words, constant use, have trained themselves, again, this is another indicator of movement, trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Paul is really challenging the church here, and I think challenging us, that we have to be in a constant process of training to move forward in our maturity as not consumers, but as owners.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by owners, you mean uh, people who take responsibility for, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what does spiritual immaturity look like? What, what would be some signs of spiritual immaturity?
1: Uh, it's the opposite of spiritual maturity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the same joke he made before the podcast started. Mm. <laughs>
1: and it still worked.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Did it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm. oh well. my uh, so so this is what i'll say right spiritual immaturity there i think that there are kind of indicators sure one of the indicators is um i didn't get what i want so i'm taking my ball and going home
0: so a spirit of offense yeah is how i would describe that yeah
2: yeah i would never use that term but i like it a spirit <laughs> of offense well in other words like hey um, this is about me, this is about what I want, mm. right? If we think about the one of the most mature prayers in Christianity is, not my will, but yours be done, mm. then the opposite of that is a great indicator of spiritual maturity. Said so another way, if you're leaving the church, if you're leaving your church community because you're unhappy with the worship times, it's probably an indicator of maturity more than it is, or a lack of maturity more than it is
0: anything else. Gotcha. Okay cool all right so any matt anything to add to that
1: about immaturity yes well i mean i would just probably say it's like the opposite of the fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. so we know that the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness self-control all those good things did i skip one
3: Faithfulness. faithfulness faithfulness
1: and did you
2: say self control too. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He
2: did,
3: that was funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh so I mean the opposite of that is kind of obvious. I mean, like when you're impatient, when you're unloving, when you're not kind, I mean mm-hmm. which are I mean, these are all realities of of our own sinfulness that we that we wrestle with, but there is kind of an orientation of our lives. Yeah. And um, certainly, all of us, I mean, those sitting at this table, included, certainly at least I'll speak for myself, could be accused of being unkind and unloving and impatient and all of those things on a regular basis. Sure, but there's a difference between um, sort of sort of growing in such a way, positioning our lives in such a way that the spirit can bring about that fruit in a more and more consistent basis. And sort of just living in those things all the t- like living in those unhealthy patterns all of the time, just sort of um, those being kind of defining hallmarks of our lives. And um, yeah, I think for m- for me at least, it's a I would I would want to define maturity more based on the character and nature of Christ yeah. than I would particular practices. Sure. You know, that's one of the distinctions I thought might be helpful to draw today, because one of the things that we do in the church, at least that I've experienced and I've done it myself as a pastor, is that sometimes we tend to try to gauge maturity based on uh, activity or practices like that person. Like I've even I've been in church leadership circles where we're, like, coming up with our checklist, you know, like, do they go to church at least three times a week? Do they read their Bible regularly? Do they, you know, pray? Do they give money to the church? Right. Christians should do all of those things, Mm -hmm. but you actually, you can check off all of those boxes and still be a real jerk. Yep. You know what I mean? You can still not take on the likeness of Christ while checking spiritual boxes, so to speak. And so, one of the, I think the challenges, and, and I think we do that probably because those are easier things to measure. It's like much easier to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing that, 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 and that. Then I guess I'm doing everything I need to as a Christian. And it's easier for churches to say how many of our people are doing those checkboxes. Mm-hmm. One of the shifts I think that's important for us as we're really trying to press into spiritual maturity and making real disciples is figuring out how we can use metrics that are not they're harder they're more qualitative but really are people growing in love in kindness Mm -hmm. right and again that's hard but those are the that's what i'm i'm in my own life right yeah sometimes i try to trick myself well like i'm doing all this stuff like i went to church you know i'm (laughs) you know i read my bible this week yeah but am i actually living it like am i actually doing anything like is my you know the way that i treated my kids today didn't didn't really uh exhibit any of that fruit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think there's important ways that we can start to sort through what's mature and what's not and we have to be careful that we don't try to substitute spiritual box checking
0: sure what about you emma what are your thoughts on this
3: um I mean, I was just thinking about David's prayer in the Psalms where he asked the Lord search my heart, oh God. Mm-hmm. And, like I, and so it kind of goes along with what you're saying, Matt. Like there are things that we do outwardly to express, you know, it, it's worship to the Lord, but then there's also inwardly like we need the Holy Spirit to search our hearts because there's always room to grow into his likeness. And so i think even the question the prayer search my heart heart of god is a sign of maturity Mm -hmm. in in people so
0: yeah i think in my i'll just speak for myself again i mean one of the major signs of when i realized wow i'm really growing was um the fruit of Mm self-control and i think that that's that's I, you know, you always feel passionately about the thing that you uh, sort of feel like you are growing in or you uh, sort of, not that I've conquered it, but, um, but earlier before the podcast started, um, Matt, you mentioned social media. And social media is a place where I feel like a lot of us tend to trip up over ourselves, it, if, especially when we have strong convictions for things. We let ourselves get a little hot under the collar when we see some sort of off-color remark about something we care about, and we fly off the handle. And so this is a really common example. I've certainly fallen prey to, you know, just typing something out really fast on a, you know, on an impulse and hitting the... St- the you know send button and then immediately being like why did I do that so I think that's one example learning to not have the last word you know learning to not think that you are the person in the room or at the table or whatever that has the perspective the corner on the market of how things should go will go best even as a leader when it's your job to lead things, you still have to have a posture of humility. Right. And humility sometimes does mean saying, I'm actually going to elicit other opinions here. And then I'm going to really, really sit with them and um, discern with the Lord. And you know what? Sometimes the the best solution, the best way through something isn't going to come from you. And you've got to know that's okay. You know, leadership isn't about everything coming from you
1: i mean that i i think humility is going to be a obviously a huge key in spiritual maturity because that's the nature of christ yeah right. you know uh they just last week in worship uh in our call to worship uh they read philippians 2 or actually no it was like uh, um rob when he came up before he preached he read philippians 2. yeah that's right you know um humility is is the way of jesus and if we're growing into his likeness which is spiritual maturity then ourselves the me factor gets moved out of the center of our lives yep that's there is no spiritual maturity in the way of christ where i'm still the center of the universe Mm -hmm. you know and you know even what tony was talking about earlier some of the you know ways that immaturity comes to bear in the church like oh, i'm just gonna
0: take my, ball, take and go my home. ball and go home yeah
1: that happens because you're at the center of your universe yeah mm-hmm. right and someone who's walking in the way of humility um doesn't <laughs> doesn't come to the same place
2: well, I, I think one of the things that i hear around the table is the the intentionality put on the relationship that we have with jesus mm-hmm. yeah right and so what we're really talking about it Christian maturity is a mature relationship and then it becomes pretty easy to see um, parallels to that in the world that we live in today right so when you know Karen and I've been married now for over 20 years and years one through five our maturity looked way different than it does yeah yeah at year 21 right and in the essence of like hey it's okay for her to be mad and I put the team first and all those things right you learn how to grow in maturity and and so, while I agree, Matt, completely that we can't just be box checkers, um, box checkers when it comes to Christian maturity through disciplines, I think as Christian leaders we have to give opportunities for those disciplines to penetrate our heart,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: that we can see the relationship change. So, I'm, I'm actually not even sure that the church, the like the corporate church, that at the local church level, will be able to judge whether or not someone is mature in their faith or not like outside of a disciple making relationship or um you know that's probably something that is uh kind of an internal reflection or with the lord or with the people one or two people that are are closest with you which is you know further evidence on why following jesus should always be a team sport
0: i i agree with you i think that i do think that you can see collective cultures though I think you can walk into a church um, and be there for a little while, and you can experience a, uh, the, the culture, the collective sort of maturity of a group of people, how they sure. sort of gel together. And you often see this around, you know, big decisions or the way money is handled or the way, certainly the way worship is handled. Um, and again, it's not like immature or mature. It, this is a range of of how things are demonstrated and expressed and I think that that's what you're saying it's like you can't look at one look me f- losing my temper or, or becoming frustrated about something because some some sort of like personal you know button gets poked is not necessarily a sign that I'm immature it's not necessarily a sign that someone else is immature it could just be that you got poked and you had an unexpected bad reaction but, you know, consistent sort of like, you know, complaining and cynicism and, you know, consistent non-demonstration of humility and the fruit of the spirit, then then that might be a moment where if you're in a discipleship relationship with someone who's demonstrating that kind of thing, you want to sit down and say, Hey, let's just talk about what's going on inside, you know?
1: And you can I mean, I just this is part of the reality of The Christian life you can be in the church for a long time and not be spiritually mature Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's just a reality and you know you can do a lot of Christian looking things activities and not be spiritually mature yeah you know and so I I just think we have to be realistic about about that in our own lives first, right? Mm-hmm. But also then in the church because I think Tony said earlier, and it's and it's true. We we too often because I think there's is a spiritual maturity gap in a lot of our churches. We put people in positions based on either the length of time that they've been in the church, their sort of clout that they hold within the church, which is really about sort of their, you know, worldly standing, not necessarily where they're at spiritually, or just their giftedness. Mm-hmm. Like, you also can uh, uh, be super gifted at at various kinds of things that relate to ministry and not be spiritually mature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I guess one of the challenges for ourselves and for others is to, to recognize activity, length of tenure, and giftedness are not true, you know, gauges of spiritual maturity. And all of those things are important. You do get wisdom with being in the church longer. Mm -hmm. You know, gifts are amazing, but there is still something more than that, um, where people through experience, through disciplines, through being discipled, through all kinds of things, actually begin to take on the character of Christ And um, it's not you know I don't know that it's a it's a real set formula but I think we know when we meet people oh yeah who are actually spiritually mature
0: you got something Emma
3: well I guess I was just thinking like I hear you guys saying that um, you have either witnessed or been a part of churches where there are people who have been in the church for years and years and years And yet are still immature. And like the question that I'm asking is why? Like why does that happen? And it reminded me, I was just reading a book recently. And um, it brought up how the Lord enjoys us in our immaturity.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And not to say that he approves of our immaturity, but it's like it's a subtle change in the way that we view the father like, not that we have to conjure up our own maturity or strive to be mature, which is where we get stuck because it's separate from Jesus. I do all of the works. I check all of the boxes so that I can get mature versus versus being connected to Jesus to mature. He is the one that matures us through the Holy Spirit, right? And it is the subtle change of perspective, but it was like, groundbreaking for me when i like had this revelation because you know there's that scripture where it talks about um a a father who gives us good gifts right and and how good of a father is he to give us the gift of the holy spirit why because the holy spirit points us to truth who is truth truth is jesus that means that if the father is such a good father to love me in my immaturity he gives me the gift of the holy spirit so that i can pray holy spirit help me mature Mm -hmm. me and who will he point you to to jesus i like the goal is to be like jesus right and so it's not like we're stuck in our own you know like i have to conjure up all of these things i have to strive i have to perform i have to just check all of the boxes and that's how i somehow gain maturity that is not it (laughs) and that just produces so much burnout it's Mm -hmm. so stressful and pressure but he's a good father to actually give us what we need to mature and i think that that change of perspective is what really like it it's what causes maturity in our life is when we realize the father gives us what we need to mature
2: and i think in in that uh very eloquently said response i think that you kind of answer your own question is that the reason that people in our churches um don't end up maturing is because they don't surrender to the fact that they have nothing to do with their own maturity level. Yeah. Right. And so if, if I have this semblance that I'm in control of the rate of my maturity, then I'm only showing my immaturity Mm -hmm. when my, like, you know, a great example, we've a couple of us here have had toddlers, right? Like, (laughs) um, a toddler who thinks they're big kid actually looks more like a toddler. Than they did when they're a big kid
0: yeah I, yes when you yeah I, I know exactly what you're saying we, essentially like when you have a when you have a little kid who is aspirationally chasing after the big kids and wanting to do all the big kids stuff but they're still not coordinated enough or have enough of the you know whatever they it it's like it almost highlights their little kidness mm-hmm. and i I like what you're saying, Emma, about the Lord enjoying us in that place. Yeah. Because because what you're saying there is like, even though it's like it almost just illuminates how kind of um, young we may be or immature we may be in the faith. He still is like, okay, you're you're working at it. You're you're trying. Yeah. But. And that's what how the lord is so gracious we can sometimes fall into striving and the lord's like okay 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 A for effort but not quite mm-hmm. um
3: but it's so beautiful because in that mindset we are coming to know the lord in his true character yeah not yeah. in the false you know like what yeah. we believe about god whether it's because of our own earthly parents or whatever it is, like sometimes we place these ideas about God and how he raises us, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that at all.
0: And I think, yeah, I think also too, and just in this conversation about maturing, like everybody brings something different to the table. And I, I think that, meaning we all bring our own stories, our own life experiences, and God is working within those things. And um, so the process looks different from person to person. It's faster or slower from person to person, just like human development is, natural human development is, different from person to person. And I think that's why um, one of the things that I've often been grateful for are those, those people who are willing to come alongside you and sort of deal with your messiness and have hard conversations and still point you to the truth. And um, those are the, the disciple makers, the saints in the church who are just like, yes, I will listen to you say all your stupid ideas, <laughs> Maggie, <laughs> you know? and, I, and 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 um, sometimes you just need those people who are going to sit there and listen to you say all the dumb things yeah. and uh, <laughs> let you figure it out, you know. What are you thinking, Matt? You got...
1: No, it's good. I, yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts that are floating around in my head right now. I just, um, we just, we, the, we need more mature Christians who can do just what you describe. We need more people who can sit with people in their places of immaturity and listen well and love them. Say, like, come on, come with me. Mm -hmm. Like we're gonna just walk towards Jesus together. And you know, growing in maturity is I think Tony you said this earlier, but it's certainly not a solo sport. Mm -mm. You know, we it takes um the refinement that comes of community and also being in community, being putting yourself in a place where others can speak into your life, it brings us right back to that posture of humility being in those kind of relationships again requires me to sort of like allow myself to ta- be taken out of the center of the universe you know and so I don't know this is all it's, a, it's all um good discussion I just I do long for a day in the American church where we we care about these things um more than we care about you know fluffing up whatever statistics make us feel good about ourselves mm. or you know when, when Emma asked that question earlier about what, how could it be I would say well part of the reason is, this is we just haven't cared I mean not we say we care about spiritual maturity or about making disciples but the reality is so much of what we've done for the last 50 years is like is driven so much by the things that we celebrate which is like you know oh we had 800 people in worship last weekend well like that's amazing praise god are they like growing in christ Mm -hmm. like you know or we you know we were i know these are all important things we worry about money and all of this stuff it's just when i look at jesus with the disciples and when i look at the way that he invested in them and what he longed for for them he he longed for more than just them just showing up and doing yeah. some mildly Christian things. Like he was reshaping their whole life, right. their whole way of being, their whole way of relating the entire vision that their life was built upon. And I don't know. I think in the American church, until we get serious about actually, until we start to care about the same things that Jesus cared about, we're going to keep having churches full of immature people.
0: Yeah. Well, um it's question time. Are we ready for a question? I figure in a conversation like this, we have to put our money where our mouth is and own up to some of the areas where we feel like maybe we are maturing or have grown in maturity because <laughs> T- Tony looks so excited right now. <laughs> um it doesn't have to be overly personal or anything like that, but it's like uh, this is this is one of those conversations that's hard to have. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's important, like we do at this ministry, we we always tell pastors: if you're not doing the thing, your people won't do the thing. So I feel like, okay, let's do the thing. Let's let's talk about our own spiritual maturity. And um, so, is there any particular area where you feel like you are, or where the Lord is growing your maturity? Are you tar- Are you asking us to like confess our sin? No, <laughs> I'm just. Saying. I You're can start. I like can a, give an example. A
1: discipline, right, or like a practice.
0: Oh, or like
3: no, a... I, mine are not none of those things. I can share. None. I think go I ahead. understand the question. Okay, go for it. So, um, I will share that. So recently, I went to IHOP, not the International House of Pancakes, but the International House of Prayer.
0: But well, not to say anything bad about the International House of Pancakes, because that's awesome too.
3: <laughs> yeah, but um, so I went to Kansas City and uh, did a little retreat weekend. And anyways, on the drive there, it's about nine hours from where we were. And so I had nine hours to sit with the Lord and nine and hours. prepare, yeah. So that so, you could go sit with the Lord in prayer? Yes.
0: <laughs> so... um you by yourself? Yep, yep. Okay. okay, just a clue as to who is the most spiritually mature person at this <laughs> no, table. No, 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 no.
3: But on the way there... Um, I was just reflecting and um and praying and I told the Lord this is what I told him I said Lord I hate how unsteady I am I hate how unsteady I am like I feel so unstable all the time and all of this stuff and so I was telling him this on the way there and um he is just so gracious and so I I get into I and I'm sitting there and there's just uh like prayer and worship going on all the time, right? And so I'm sitting there and I read Psalm 103. Mm. And in verse five, when it says, uh, the Lord crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Mm. And he said this line to me that I was just like undone by. And he said, Emma, my steadfast love studies you you don't get to try to be steady on your own. My steadfast love studies you. And it was one of these, like, super small, like, adjustments in my thought process and in my belief about God that just totally, I felt my heart mature in that moment. Like, oh, I was believing something wrong about you that I have to strive to be steady and strive to be stable. And like, and obviously he is our firm foundation. So I was like, why, if I'm standing on you, why do I feel so unsteady? Why, why, why? And he's like, no, you like, you are standing on me, but it's so striving when it comes to this. And so it was like, he was just saying to me, you have to be reliant on my love to crown you, my love to be the thing that that does it all in your life and that keeps you stable and that keeps you coming back to me and all of those things. So that was like a moment where I was like, man, I was believing something wrong about you, Lord. And you are so gracious to correct that. And it, it just matured me matured my heart and my mind. So
0: definitely an area. Nice. <laughs> uh, how, how the
3: heck are we supposed to
2: I was driving 15 that? minutes to the actual IHOP the other day. <laughs>
0: Emma, you did <laughs> understand the question. All right, gentlemen, your turn. Uh, well, look, <laughs>
2: mine is uh, similar but very different. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, similar except not at all. <laughs> so,
2: so, you know, for me, um, one of the things that I always I'm, – I'm a quick adapter. And so um, much like what Emma said in terms of unstableness, I often feel like am I being too quick to change something or to move or am i not being thoughtful or deliberate there's one of the areas uh, that sometimes i wonder if if like i have a personality flaw or something like that in those areas like is that a a a trait it's a a trait about myself that i don't always love Mm. my wife has worked at the same job for 21 years i have worked at three jobs this year like i just like to get into things you know what i mean like i like to do lots of different things and it's like it's almost like uh, sometimes I wonder if I have spiritual ADD. And so um, I was confessing this to our band meeting or or kind of our Pies and Bro meeting, and uh, Rob said something that I think was from the Lord and um, it has really struck me as an area to lean into, and that's this idea that uh, when God calls you into something, you can know if it's the Lord because he's only going to call you into something that brings you closer to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now it it's just created this whole new lens about like, well, am what I'm moving into? Does, is it bringing me closer to him? Right, and it's this incredible kind of like test of maturity, and so so now it becomes almost like a, a coffee filter in my life, right? Like so. By the way, this is I'm talking like I've been doing this for years. This has been like three months. But like <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just a, a, a maturity thing that's kind of been um, that the Lord and I just keep talking about is that is what I'm about to do. Is it going to bring me closer to him? Like, and that, that's true. And I mean, that's not just true in big decisions. That's true in small decisions. And and now now I can't not see it in every decision I make. Is this is this decision moving me closer to the Lord? And sometimes the answer is yes. And I walk confidently in faith and sometimes the answer is no. And I still walk confidently in my own power and (laughs) I suffer the consequences, right? Like it's not, I'm still not making great decisions all the time because that's not who I am as a human. But, um, but that's just a, that's an area of spiritual maturity that the Lord is just like hitting me over the heart with again Mm -hmm. and again lately. And, and again, you know, Rob was a part of that and he probably wouldn't even remember saying it because that's who Rob is, but that's why those, Having bros, and pie are so important.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's so good. And Tony. pie, it that really is so is. good.
0: I was just thinking, that's the question. Yeah, is this leading me closer to Jesus, yeah. or is it not? Yeah, yeah. Matt, it's uh, your turn or my turn.
1: Yeah, the thing that I don't know, the thing that popped in my head first is uh, just my. This is not a new area. It's one that I feel like. I must have not gotten it yet because the Lord keeps taking me back over and over again. And it's really just about trust. Mm. Like, do you trust me? And do you trust me enough to just be still, you know? And, um, so that's a lesson he's been teaching me for some years now. And yet I still, even when he, you know, shows himself faithful over and over and over again. I still, because I'm a doer and a planner and a schemer and, you know, like a someone who likes to try to figure things out, my tendency is to try to, whatever whatever area of life you want to talk about, I just want to grab it back and try to figure it out myself, you know? And um, I feel like especially this year, In 2023, the Lord has been just pushing me to say, well, will you, you know, trust me enough to just be still and, you know, instead of trying to spin your wheels, maybe just sit in prayer, you know? And that's hard. That goes against my nature. That's like, that takes a sort of, uh, for me, that takes a sort of costly surrender. Yeah. And so... I'm still figuring it out, I'm still learning, but that's where he keeps pressing and and there is the thing that i you know I've found and I've you know've s- found it over the last number of years and even in recent months there is freedom in that. Mm-hmm. there is real freedom when you learn to trust God fully, you know when it even has real consequences in your life.
0: yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, great podcast. Maggie, nice try. I've
2: never seen her transition so fast. That was good, Emma. Um, uh,
0: Well, similarly, I mean, and it's almost always like in the things that go on and on and on. It's always whatever those core things are. And for me, it's the way I would describe it is compassion. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... I would say that a few years ago, in fact, I, I could tell you like the day and the time, and and, and I happened to be with Jordan Wilson, who's, who's got, I would say, a gift for compassion. So the Lord's very funny that way. But um, just in 2018, for whatever reason, in my prayer life, I, in my journals, all of a sudden, I just start writing about wanting to have more compassion. And really... I did not know how to articulate it at the time, but I just wanted to be more connected to my own heart and to care about the things God cared about. And I wasn't sure that I I did in a sort of manifest way. I did intellectually, and I did all of the things. I checked a lot of boxes. But internally, when I would do acts of compassion or mercy, it was a really unpleasant experience for me. And I'll just be really honest. It's, you know, just because for whatever reason, you know, like I was one of many, many siblings. You never have your personal time, your personal space. You feel like whatever. So anyway, all that to say, the Lord is faithful. And when you ask for help in an area, he will help you. And it will not be in the way that you think it should be. And for me, real maturity in this area has, looks like recognizing when he is, when he is opening doors to opportunities for me to demonstrate more and greater levels of compassion and mercy in um, my life, towards the people in my life, towards people who are not necessarily in my life, but are in the, you know, the sphere of my life. and. Um, And I think I'm just coming to understand more what Jesus meant when he, like I've, I've been reading the Beatitudes quite a bit lately, what he means when he says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. The closer you get to broken people, the more you do realize your own brokenness and your own, endless need for Jesus Christ. Mm. And it's kind of terrifying, but it is also very freeing. Mm -hmm. And I have sort of, for the first time, seen just the edge of it, you know what I mean? Just seen really this sort of the epic chasm of my own need. And I'm okay with it. I mean, like, I don't love it, but I'm like, okay. (laughs) cool because you know when you encounter something so big that you can't possibly fix it yourself you suddenly feel this freedom to be like well i can't i can't do anything about that so that's all you lord so anyway anyway that's that's mine all right now you guys know sure. some things about us that you never knew before and
2: <laughs> and what a great opportunity for everybody who's listening to just pause and ask the question where am i growing with christ Mm. am i growing with christ and who in my life can help me get there
0: yeah amen all right you guys that's been our podcast for today thank you so much for listening and if you would like to help support the mission and ministry of spirit and truth Go to our website, spiritandtruth.life slash give. There you'll find all of the information you need. And remember, we are an entirely donor-funded entity. We really do exist because of the generosity of people like you. Thanks so much, and we'll come back to you in the next conversation.
3: Bye.